0: You know, the saying usually goes, that third time's a charm. But in the case of trying to, you know, go to an island of dinosaurs, that's not, not true. This is Jurassic Park 3. Video Store Wasteland. Okay, hello and welcome back to another episode of Video Store Wasteland. I am your host, Brian, and as... You Heard our little introduction there. We are looking today at the 2001 movie Jurassic Park 3. It's uh the third in our continuing series on the Jurassic Park Jurassic World uh franchise because we are doing this for the you know premiere of uh, Jurassic World Dominion that's coming out uh the week of this. This one's coming out. I don't know when you guys are listening to it, you know. So there you go, there's that. Uh, so before we get into anything about anything, uh, there's just a little background about the movie. This is the first one without a book to it, so there's got to be no book discussion or anything. We're just going to go directly into the movie after we talk about the background of the movie and the background of the year 2001. Uh, so without you know further ado here, we're just going to go ahead and step into it and like we always do. We're going to go ahead and start with... Uh, movies that came out and the events that happened in the year 2001 it sounds bigger alright so top grossing movies of that year are going to be Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone depending if you're in the United States or in the UK Uh, we also have Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring you have my sword And you have my book And my axe. So, two giant franchises there in that year. Then we have Monsters, Inc., Shrek, which is a masterpiece. Somebody! Ocean's Eleven, Pearl Harbor, which I think that one is also a Michael Bay movie. Uh, The Mummy Returns, which uh, had the rock in it. (laughs) Jurassic Park 3, Planet of the Apes, which is a Tim Burton movie, and Hannibal so those are the you know top grossing movies of 2001 so that's basically what everybody was going to go see in that year but also for top awarded we're going to go ahead and have a beautiful mind with russell crowe and moulin rouge with, i believe Hugh mcgregor is in that one hello there uh, and uh, other movies that came out in the year 2001 are gonna be things like Not Another Teen Movie, Scary Movie 2. You're gonna fall unless you take my hand. Oh, no, give me your other hand. Oh, my other hand isn't strong enough. Donnie Darko, Jason X, Shallow How, Super Troopers, Atlantis The Lost Empire, which, uh, for my money, since Disney's doing all these remakes of literally everything that they own, uh, why not go ahead and do that one? Because that one is a, would be a great adventure movie in live action. Like, you could do it. You're just scared of it because the movie flopped back in 2001. You, you know what? Just do it, man. You got the money. You can waste it. Uh, we got things like Freddy Got Fingered <laughs> as well. That's an interesting movie. It's Tom Green. Uh, How High came out that year, and so did Joe Dirt. Uh, so that's, uh, you know, 2001 in terms of movies. That year, I believe, also was the first year of George W. Bush's uh, presidency, or 2000 was, so that's the first full year of his presidency. Uh, and in terms of sports, we have the Baltimore Ravens beating the New York Giants in the Super Bowl 34-7. to In baseball, we have World Series, uh, where the Arizona Diamondbacks were only four years old at this point, beating the New York Yankees in a 4-3 to three series. So that went all the way to four games, or to seven games, not four games. That year as well, we have the Los Angeles Lakers beating the Philadelphia 76ers, four games to one in the finals. Uh, and that is, uh, that was the first, that's the second year of, of the, uh, the Kobe, Kobe Shaq. Uh three Pete. So it'd be two thousand, two thousand one, two thousand two would be those years. And in ice hockey or hockey for the Stanley Cup, we're looking at the Colorado Avalanche beating the New York New York New Jersey Devils four games to three. And since I you know, also a golfer that year as well, Tiger Woods becomes the first golfer in history to hold all four major championships at the same time. So, you know, that's uh, that's the Masters, the PGA championship um uh, Jesus, what a, I just started the golf stuff, but you know, he he's basically you know, goaded at this point. And uh something I'm going to mention because I believe in the last uh episode I mentioned something about uh <laughs> movies from the year two thousand and one. And in this case, this movie came out July eighteenth, two thousand one. This was a few months before September 11th. So, in the grand scheme of things, obviously, the tragedy of September 11th at the World Trade Center did change the United States. And it also changed the face of cinema because everything after that point is changed in terms of what movies are released, how people consume them, and... Genres changed at that point because some genres got revived after that. Because, um, when you think about it this way, movies serve the purpose of escapism, meaning that you know you would go to a movie to forget what is going on. Um, so being that this is a pre technically a pre 9 11 movie that's not affected by you know. that event all movies that come out after that and so like anything comes out in 2002 whenever we get to movies from 2002 and do the or you know in 2002 and on that's when we'll see a marked shift in how audiences see movies how genres are produced how how everything changes it's and and it's such a pivotal thing uh, that event you know, September 11th. Um, we're going to go ahead and just have a little bit moment of silence for all those lost, either in uh, in the World Trade Center or in the subsequent uh, military action that the United States did uh, persuade, proceed to do. All right. All uh, right, moving on from that uh, little spot of patriotism, we're going to go ahead and look at the casting crew of Jurassic Park 3. I have never been on this island. Sure you have. You wrote that book. That was Isla Nublar. This is Isla Sorna, Site B. You mean there are two islands with dinosaurs? All, right? all right, so this movie brings back a couple of characters from Jurassic Park. Uh, none from Jurassic or The Lost World uh, so we have Sam Neill coming back as Alan Grant and Laura Dern coming back as at least Ellie Sattler as little the of, of a role that she has in this one this one's more concerning around Alan Grant's character or Sam Neill's character but we also have uh, William H. Macy Taye Leone uh, Trevor Morgan who plays the kid in it and <laughs> this one's actually pretty funny to, to list, but uh, if you guys know who Michael Jeter is, you probably don't by the name, but uh, he was in Sesame Street. He plays Mr. Noodle in Sesame Street. So uh, I remember for me as a kid, it was kind of a trip uh, going to this movie and being like, hey, I know that guy from somewhere, and it's it's from Sesame Street. He's from there, so he's going entertaining kids there and then going to get eaten by dinosaurs the next. So, you know, that's cool. Um this movie, in terms of cast, for most most of the Jurassic movies, is very minimal cast, and and that's good, you know. Uh, so that's what we're looking at. and kind of Established names, nobody's really getting started here. Uh, and in terms of crew, we're looking at Joe Johnston, who's directed things such as Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, and Captain America, the first Avenger, which is the first Captain America movie. But he has also uh, special effects... He was part of the special effects department for the Star Wars original trilogy and for Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is the first Indiana Jones movie. Uh, I mentioned that because in terms of editor is Robert Dalva, who works with uh, Joe Johnson in the majority of Joe Johnson's work, but he also was uh, part of the second unit production team for Star Wars. So you just kid, cat kind of, him by Star Wars. I mean the original trilogy, uh, and naturally, A New Hope, which is what uh, all the all the youths are calling it nowadays. <laughs> How do you do, fellow kids? What? I digress. So that's probably where Joe Johnston met Robert Dalva, and formed this relationship, and they worked on to uh, ever since. And for writers, we do not have Michael Crichton back. Uh, it's all based off of his characters, but he's not back writing the screenplay or helping write the screenplay. Neither is David Coip. Uh, And the story goes is that apparently Crichton worked with the screenwriters for several days to help brainstorm a, a, a story for the movie, but he left after a few days when they couldn't come up with a satisfactory idea. So I don't know if that gives anybody any sort of hint of what's going on next but uh, you know, that's never a good sign when when the writer leaves after a few days when he can't come up with a good idea it's not a good sign for anything Uh, but that's for in terms of who the characters are based off of, but the writers for it is Alexander Payne, and if you know that name, he directed Sideways and Nebraska, and he also wrote that but he also wrote I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry which is the comedy with Kevin James and Adam Sandler I'll have to do something on that one because it's. I haven't watched it since that movie came out and I'm hesitant to say if it's ahead of its time in terms of it being, you know, acceptable because it did come out in like 09 or, or like right around the time the gay marriage was legalized. So let's see how that goes. Um, we also have Jim Taylor who does does work a little bit with Alexander Payne. He helped helped him write Sideways, which I enjoy that movie. It's uh if I remember correctly, that's one with Paul Giamatti who plays a writer, right, something like that, and he helps like a monster out or something like that. no, that's uh analyze this sideways is where he plays a writer and goes up to like Napa Valley for his like friend's honeymoon or some not honeymoon, his friend's uh, bachelor party thing wedding whatever, and also about Schmidt. (laughs) In terms of cinematographer, we're looking at Shelley Johnston, who worked with, uh, not Ryan Johnson, Joe Johnston on the first Captain America movie, The Wolfman, but he also worked on the Shining TV miniseries, and if you know anything about that, or the story behind it, uh, the story goes is that uh, (laughs) Stephen King, absolutely hated what uh, Stanley Kubrick did with The Shining when that movie was made, that he decided to go ahead and make a miniseries more faithful to the book. And if you read the book, you would know that making it faithful to the book would not be a good idea. Because essentially any good Stephen King adaptation just takes the best part of the book and makes that, because there's a lot of silly stuff in Stephen King books. Like, there's a lot of silly stuff in Stephen King books. So I I've watched that miniseries. It's three, two hour episodes. I've suffered through six hours of TV. It was bad, really bad. Um, but uh, Moving on, anyway, we have composer Don Davis, who did the first three Matrix movies. John Williams was asked to come back on, but he was doing the music for AI Artificial Intelligence at the time, which was Steven Spielberg's movie. And that's another reason why Spielberg didn't direct this one, because A, he didn't want to do a third one, and B, he was already doing a different project. Uh, and Another notable uh, cat or crew members we have here, obviously, is Stan Winston. He's coming back doing all the animatronics and all the puppetry for Jurassic Park 3. So, uh, I mean, there's that. <laughs> so, that's what you get in terms of, of crew. It's completely different. You do have people who worked, I guess you could call on prestige films, so like Star Wars and, and whatnot. You get a sense that the movie could have good... Good leanings, But then when you find out that thing about Michael Crichton leaving after a couple days on uh, trying to help them make the, uh, the, the script, maybe it didn't turn out so well. But, you know, it, it is what it is. And uh, we'll talk about it right now when we get to the discussion of Jurassic Park 3. Are you saying that you wouldn't want to get on to Isla Sorna and study them if you have the chance? No force on Earth or Heaven. Would get me on that island: All righty then. So since um, since we're looking at, at the Jurassic Park Jurassic World Series, uh, we already looked at Lost World" as a sequel, and now we're looking at this one as is, is the start of a franchise. so at this point, it's not I mean it is still um, fan in, in the term in terms of. How many dinosaurs are on camera? And there's a lot of them. There's so many to the point where it's almost a little bit distracting. But it, the thing is, is this movie takes place on Isla Horna, which is Site B, which is the move, or the the movie. It's the island from the Lost World, so the island from the second one. So we're revisiting this. I guess you would call familiar territory for the franchise, and um, you would think they would do some of the same stuff or use some of the same locations for it, Uh, but they expanded it and made it more grandiose, and they added more dinosaurs to the point where, you know, they add dinosaurs that weren't in the first two movies, and they added the line, oh, this weren't in uh, InGen, which is the company that created them the dinosaurs. I mean, it wasn't in their, in their logs. And later on in the Jurassic world series, they have a fucking line retconning all that together. Cause they illegally cloned like, come on, dude. Like this is just closing, closing little plot holes that didn't need to be closed. Right. Anyway, I digress. Um, again, the, the beginning of this movie does not open like a Steven Spielberg movie. Immediately when you, when you see, when, when this movie starts, you're like, oh, this is not not Spielberg. Whether it's good or bad, it's, it's uh, really up to if you like the movie. The movie was all right, I'm going to say, right here, right off the bat. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was, or remember it being. Uh, it's still really catchy and campy, because you do start with uh, the kid with the adult, parasailing off the coast of the island and then something kills the the boat operators but it's through fog so they don't show it and how the hell because they're not even near the land so that implies that there's a water marine reptile uh, thing that attacked them which in jurassic world you see that as the mosasaur which is the thing that jumps up and like grabs the shark and you see that in all the trailers for jurassic world so that automatically, you for if you're if you're waiting for it to make any sense, it doesn't off the bat, and uh, you go from there to, geez, I you I don't really just saw the movie. I always I already forgot what what it goes to next. Oh yeah, no, it goes from that to, Alan Grant with. Ellie Sadler and her family, because uh, I guess you have to set up the relationships between them that they're still friends, even though they were dating before. Now they're friends, and uh, he goes and does like a a presentation about uh dinosaur, or specifically about Velociraptors, because that's what his thing was in the first movie and they ask him about the island right and he's like oh does anybody have any questions and they're like stuff that's not about jurassic park or the incident in san diego which he wasn't a part of and then someone asked him about the raptors and it still leads into uh talk about the island and that's when he was like no forces on heaven or earth could make me go back to that island and unfortunately, <laughs> forces from hell make them go back to the island. And by that, I mean people who are lying to them. Uh, those are the parents, of the kid. Uh, which is a little interesting because before this, you get introduced to the new character of Billy, who it, it's kind of expendable, really, because uh, I don't think he adds too much to it, and he's not the greatest actor. Um, his name is like Alessandro Alessandro que? Alessandro Nivola. Uh, I'm not completely sure if he's, you know, that good of an actor because his lines, he seems like he's flubbing through them in a little little portion. Uh, but you know, you meet him, and he they show a little resonating chamber, basically that you know, like our nose, we have that. Resonating chamber in our nose, too, it makes vocalizations that works together with her mouth and whatnot. Uh, and animals have that. So dogs have that, cats have that. Uh, let me see if I try to get one of the cats to say something.: You want to wake up, Mr. Eddie?: No. OK. No, nah, he's, he's asleep. <laughs> uh, so you have that going on. And then you have the parents of the kid say, "Hey, do you want to help? You want to come with us to the island?" And they offer him a lot of money. But in between that, and then you're you introduced to the group of like mercenaries that they also hire to go with them, and they just blowing shit up in the bad in, in in the salt flats out in Nevada, right? So like, all right, I don't know where it's going. uh, that's completely different from the other other movies. And just to give a little hint about what's going on in this, when they started principal photography, which is the you know beginning filming of the film of the movie, the script wasn't finished yet. So they started filming it without a finished script. Yikes! <laughs> so I have no clue what scenes they started with first. So. That already, for me, just screams like the movie's not going to be that great. Uh, So, at that point about it. uh, But you have all that, and they finally get to the island. They go on that plane, and that's when we have the infamous talking raptor scene where... Alan Grant falls asleep and he's woken up by hallucination of a talking raptor but mind you this is one of the raptors from the new island so why would he see one of the raptors that are new and not one of the ones that he saw on the park originally makes no sense to me really because like he only knows how one of them looks. How how is he visualizing that and it's just like it, it just says his name and Okay, I guess. I guess earlier he's, he's trying to get a bird to say his name, too. But, like, if that's set up as little foreshadowing because birds, they're evolutionary descendants of dinosaurs, like, I don't know. Anyway, after that, you're... Uh, this is actually the shortest of the Jurassic movies. Uh, Jurassic Park 1, I think, is two hours... Lost World is about two hours. So is um, Jurassic or uh, Jurassic World and Jurassic World Two are about this like two hours ten minutes long, but Jurassic World Three is like two and a half hours long. So let's see how that goes. Actually, it's like two hours and forty minutes long. If I saw the time correctly in IMDb. So let's see how that goes really. But since this is the shortest one, it does feel like that cuz it's really snappy. It goes really quick cuz there is no really personal stories that are going on because it's not like the other the previous two movies that are based off of books and are a little bit of a techno uh capital capitalist thriller sort of thing. They are this one is a straight action monster movie cuz although the creatures here are act a little bit more like animals than they do in the next movie, uh, and the next movie being Jurassic World, they're still very, very much so monsters. Because A, why is the the Spinosaur, which, let me just go off on a little tangent on that, uh, the model that you see in this movie by the time the movie came out was completely redone in terms of what I mean by that. that is the paleontological model. The spinosaur you see in in Jurassic Park 3 isn't what paleontologists have uh, postured it looks like now. What it is now is more of an aquatic animal, not sort of a land animal. It may have walked on all fours. It was a little chubby. It was like a big, mean duck, right? Uh, But in this one, it's svelte very quick, uh, very big, Uh, because... 'cause it goes and it like attacks them like why it's provoked into attacking, but once once you figure an animal has been sedated in terms of you know not being able to catch its prey or whatnot the first time it would try to leave you alone, but the thing keeps coming back, and that's what I mean it that it's a monster at that point uh that's fine, I guess if you're just trying to make this straight up an action movie but when you're looking at it in the grand scheme of what the other two movies were, it doesn't really work out that well. Uh, <laughs> the, you have that like passing of the torch sort of between the, the Spinosaur and the T-Rex, you know, Spinosaur being now the big bad in this one where they have that battle granted the whole overall movie isn't as good as the first two, but that's still really fucking cool. Uh, I, I Maybe watching that battle scene, I'm like, you know what? For for this movie's flaws, at least that's still entertaining, and I like things that are entertaining. So this one's more straight up just a popcorn flick. By that, and you're just sitting there eating popcorn the entire time, you know, glued to the screen of the movie. When that all is said and done, and then you get introduced to why they're on the island that the they that the Alan Grant got lied to that they're there just to find the kid, but, you know, he was never on that island originally. He has an Alan Grant, so it would have been better if they called on Ian Malcolm, but, you know, they already got him for the second movie, and they didn't want him back for this one in terms of they, the producers didn't ask him to be back on this one. And at uh, that point is where, you know, people get separated, and the movie works really quickly. They go through uh, the same sort of, uh workers village that they do in Lost World and Raptors attack attack them then again. Uh but at this point is where you see different designs of the raptors and a little bit of quills on the top of the head of the male ones. And so paleontologists have posited that some dinosaurs, raptors being one of them, were filled with feathers. And that's probably the first time we see it we do see it in the trailers for the new movie so let's see how that goes really uh but there's a documentary on apple tv plus called prehistoric planet that does a really good job of showing all that it's probably it's really really well done so if you have that or if you have, want to watch it, it's on a, get it on a trial. Watch it all in one day. And while you're at it, we'll go watch Ted Lasso and For All Mankind. And Mythic Quest are the ones that, in terms of TV that I would recommend. I know I haven't really, really talked about TV uh, on, this, on this program, uh, but we'll go ahead and talk about it that now. Uh, we'll talk about TV later when we get to it, though. Well, I, have, I have something special for you guys. Uh, but from here on out, that's where they get separated. And, and again, like, I guess what happened uh, is that some of the action scenes from this movie were deleted deleted uh, from the previous two movies and storyboards, so... The pterodon attack scene in the river and the river attack scene with the spinosaur. Those were supposed to be in the first two movies, but they took them off because of budget constraints, which, you know what, I think that makes sense a little bit. The actual pterodon scene was kind of something that was in the first Jurassic Park book. So I don't know if they're trying to connect from the book to here, but. It's neither here or there unless I get in contact with one of the writers and we talk about that. Um, so if you know how to get in contact with that, go ahead and contact me at videostorewasteland at gmail.com and uh, let me know how we can get that set up. That'd be, that'd be cool. That'd be cool to sit down with one of these writers. Uh, so moving on from there, and it's really, you know, Grant finds the kid and then they get re- reunited Uh, of the ringtone and I'll play the ringtone right now and that's how the kid knows that the parents are around but really it's because one of the guys got eaten by that thing the Spinosaur and it has the cell phone still in its stomach and don't ask I don't don't know how that's possible but it is I guess because it's a movie it's possible uh, that's how they get reunited and that leads into the pterodon attack scene. And after they do the pterodon attack scene, that's when it calms down a little bit where you see sort of the more natural or the more peaceful side of the island where you see the uh, brachiosaur and kylosaurs, office and other creatures like that. You know, they're there on the river, because it's like a river cruise, like, like the Jurassic Park right at Universal. It's like a river cruise. <laughs> and um, you get to that, then you see a pile of shit. Really, it's a pile. It's, it's <laughs> look, Say the line, Ian Malcolm. That is one big pile of shit. And that's what you have in this one. That's where they find the phone again, and they s- see the... Was it a Carnosaur? I think, or a cer- Ceratosaur? I think it's a Ceratosaur, not a Carnosaur. But it's a Ceratosaur, which is basically taken in a, a, a model of a T-Rex. That's how they did it in the movie. But a Ceratosaur has it's a horn on top of it, and I guess it's a different dinosaur that they created, but they didn't tell people about. And it's really just to have a different dinosaur in the movie, and they probably showed it in the in the trailer for it for the movie for for the movie, as in Jurassic Park three, and that leads into the river attack scene which after they survived that river scene, it goes into, geez, the movie ends like 10 minutes after that, doesn't it? Holy, it's a really quick movie. So like I said before, this has no book that's behind it, right? So they just went from A, B to C and they took that all together. Um, then you go to wow, dude. There's really nothing to talk about of substance with this movie because of the fact that they took kind of took out the human element a little bit. So in Jurassic Park and the Lost World, uh, and in terms of Steven Spielberg movies in general, there's a theme of broken families, and that is present in this one, but not so much to so the that it is a driving force of the narrative because once they get reunited, they kind of are reunited. Uh, And in Jurassic Park, there's a broken family in terms of the two kids, uh, their parents are divorced and they take uh, Grant and Ellie as their sort of surrogate parents. And... You know, it's still a broken family thing. And in Lost World, it explained that Ian Malcolm has several ex-wives and several kids. So, like, already it's a broken family dynamic. And it's a broken family dynamic with the T-Rex stuff, too. Because, you know, they get separated from the island and whatnot and separated from each other. That's not really present in this one. Because although as divorced and separated as these kids' parents are, they really don't seem to be all that bickering like it'd be interesting if they were bickering so much to the point that they got separated again like they got so tired of being with each other because even at one point the kid's like oh they're they're here together that's never good but you don't get that sense um, in the actual movie which is interesting though because the fact that the writers are sideways is a great really well written movie and so is the descendants which again the descendants is about a family dynamic and if they added that a little bit more in this movie, I think it would have, you know, expanded that extra thirty minutes. It would have given it a little bit more heart to the movie. There's really not that much in it. It's basically, a I you know, what it is a B movie at that point. It is straight up a B movie because you have the two big blockbusters in Jurassic Park and The Lost World, and then you have this one, which is still a big blockbuster. is part of the top ten grossing films of twenty or 2001. Jeez, I was gonna call it twenty oh one, two thousand and one. But it's just a popcorn flick. It's something you watched in the summer, you know. And uh, at that point, you know, it is what it is, right? And for for like me, that's okay. I do I do like movies like that, right? I like uh, uh, stuff. So. Do you like stuff? <laughs> I like stuff. I, I like uh, popcorn flakes as much as the next person. I like being entertained when you're going in the movies, but when you have what the previous two movies were, or at least Jurassic Park was doing in terms of its story and its narrative, um, this one really falls short. So if I'm going to compare it to that, it, it does fall, obviously, third when we're talking about Jurassic Park, Lost World, and Jurassic Park 3. That's how it would rank those. Looking at it, this is me saying this before watching uh, Jurassic World and Jurassic World 2, uh, Jurassic Park 3 is very different from those two movies as well. It's different from all of them, and I guess that makes sense. But... When you're doing a movie uh, that's supposed to be in the same story of all this, it doesn't really connect. It only connects in the fact that there's the characters there. Like, there was a reason for InGen to go into the island and take all the dinosaurs back in the second movie. There's really no reason for anybody to do anything in this one. They're just existing there to exist there in terms of being characters in the movie. And that's not just... That's not, like, an incredibly a bad thing because it's serviceable. It's a serviceable uh, sequel to a serviceable sequel. So, if we're looking at that, that's what it's going to be. If we're looking at it as a sequel to Jurassic Park, it's not really the greatest one. But, uh, again, neither here nor there. Uh, would I recommend it? Um I think the silence spoke for itself there. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, go ahead and watch it. I'm not going to say it's it's entirely a bad movie because I've seen some bad movies. It's not that bad of a movie. It's not great, but it's not that bad. Uh, it's not Shrek, I tell you that. <laughs> you know, it, Shrek came out in 2001 as well. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's what I have to say about Jurassic Park 3. I, I realize it's not that bad deep of a discussion as the previous two were because this movie isn't that deep of a movie as the previous two were. Um, so yeah, go watch it. Yeah. Go watch it in preparation for the new one. It doesn't really like inform itself into what the new one or the new series as in Jurassic World is supposed to be out. Maybe it does. Who knows? We'll have to find out when that movie comes out. Uh, and again, I'm just gonna oh, since I have to since I'm gonna start doing this now, I am uh, VideoStoreWasteland Wasteland on Instagram, on TikTok, and VS Wast uh VS Wasteland Pod on Twitter. And if you have any comments, concerns, suggestions, go ahead and email me at video at gmail.com. And uh, you know, I'm your host, Brian. I love you guys. And I thank you for joining me here in The Wasteland. All right. Here's some guitar for you. That's all I have. (laughs)